Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, you guys. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, and so excited for another beautiful story to share with you guys today. Um, just one of the most fun, encouraging, intelligent, just incredible people. And it's so fun, the women that I get to meet, because, I mean, it's, a, it's sort of an interesting thing, but it's like, the women with eating disorders also tend to be just so accomplished and like cool and like all these sort of qualities that make people awesome is also sort of the qualities that sometimes just get people looped into sort of like, oh, I'm so good at controlling my life. I control food too. And then it sort of turns into like, you know, getting off kilter with food. So it's so fun to see these women get free and to just to see them just, you know, experience life in the way that they want to. So I am Lydia, the lifestyle coach. And what we do here is we help people, any people that want to be free from food crazies, just to be free from them and to just move on with their lives and do what they want. And so we are celebrating Susan today. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her. So Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Lydia. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you are and so excited for you to be able to share your story. So like, let's just get right into it. I'm so excited for people to get to know you. Tell us a little bit for you, Susan, like how, what was your journey with food? Sort of like throughout life, sort of how did you notice that you had an eating disorder starting? Like what was sort of your journey that got you to where you were before like we, we were able to connect? Well, <laughs> basically it started when I was about nine. Um, I remember we used to have potato chips delivered to our front door, like this guy in this beige van, and he'd show up every Tuesday and drop off this awesome, huge can of the saltiest, crispiest, kind of greasiest little chips. And I would kind of go nuts on them. But secretly, I'd stand in the pantry and, you know, <laughs> eat as many as I could at any time, and then kind of play it off like, no, I, I didn't eat the chips. <laughs> I was really embarrassed. I figured out also that I could do that with cookies or whatever was in the pantry. As long as I didn't do too much so that my parents would notice, because then there would be that moment of shame when they're like, who got into the cookies? I thought we had more cookies. Why is this package almost empty? So I quickly learned like, wow, I, I kind of like eating in secret like this and crap, <laughs> you know, I can get busted. <laughs> so I got to be sneakier. Um, it progressed and got a little, the first time I had money in the game on this would be when I was selling candy for band or senior trip or something like this and ended up being my very best customer and having to take a loan from my parents to pay back what I had eaten. And it didn't get any better from there. I've diets and diets and, you know, switched to diet Coke from regular, you know, just all the little things that you do when you're, I wasn't really allowed to go on diets as a kid, but there are ways to work around that. Uh, it started getting to be expensive. Uh, did okay in college, 
I was just so active walking around. I went to Rutgers and it's all over five campuses. So constantly walking and hustling to get to class. But uh, after that, it settled back in and it came back in a, with a vengeance, basically. The first job I had, anytime there was food in the break room, you're like kind of eyeballing it all day. And oh, maybe I just go get a little bite, and I'll, you know. It just kept piling up and it became this thing where food very quickly became this almost like if you have malware running in your computer and it's this it's running all the time even if i'm not consciously thinking about it it was there so over the years i mean every weight loss program that you can think of if you know the name of it i was on it and they're not cheap and they're not easy and they're really unpleasant and the first few i was just kind of like like you said uh you know like you get good at something in business. I have a successful business. I raised kids, you know, why can't I do this? I'm just going to redouble my efforts. And after the first few diets, I started realizing I was getting mad. <laughs> like, you know, they would tell me track this, write that, everything that goes in your mouth, you have to write, got to count this, inject yourself with that, take these drops, drink this, you know, after a while, I was just mad. <laughs> I couldn't stop doing the diets because it was like, this is not acceptable. I can't seem to control myself. I was completely ashamed all the time. And, uh, you know, I like, gosh, I'm taking food that could be going to my kids. It, it really hurt. It's, it still feels funny to even say a thing like that. Um, and all the money that went diverted to everything else, I, you know, gosh, this could go toward college funds, a car. I mean, I probably could have bought a car or a college education for one of my kids with what I've spent. It's ridiculous. And it just got to the point where I was turning 50. Last week was my birthday. And I realized normally when I had milestone birthdays, I'd have this big grand goal. Oh, I'm going to lose the last 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever. And it never worked. You know? And I always ended up just angry and feeling ashamed and kind of feeling sorry for myself. Like, well, everybody else seems to be able to eat what they want. Not me. You know? yeah. it, it was just miserable. I felt miserable. I felt so ashamed that I couldn't muster the self-control to do what I needed to do. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your amazing story. I mean, Susan, just really thinking of that journey I know there are so many pieces that many of us who have had this journey identify with, you know, like the first time you start hiding food and eating in secret and sort of like that excitement and then, you know, sort of getting caught in that whole, you know, world of dieting. And it, I know it, it, you feel so stuck because like, well, I can't stay how I am, but the only thing that I know to get to the place that I want to go or to make anything change is the thing that's driving me crazy and making me miserable. And just like, yeah, the, the financial drain on that. Like if you had to estimate, how much would you say that you have spent on just dieting in the past? How long were you binge eating for? Uh, 41 years. <laughs> 41 years. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds, you know, that's longer than some people have been around so far. So. Oh, and I, I know I started spending, actually spending money on it by the time I was 25, probably. I think that's the first time I joined something. Yeah. And, um, easily, 
I hate to even say the number out loud, I think probably around $50,000 over a lifetime so far. Yeah. And I know how incredibly expensive it is, not even just the binge food, yeah. but then trying to make up for the binge food with some sort of diet. Yes. And then the other things that people do, I don't know if this was a thing for you at all, but I've had so many women say like, oh, when I was so miserable, when I was binging, then I started, you know, shopping online more and I started, you know, or, you know, it would hurt their business. And so they were making less, like all these sorts of like, you know, just financial, even just thinking of that piece of it from every side. I know it can be so frustrating. Yeah, it really, it, it impacted my work and my, my earning ability because even though I wasn't always consciously thinking, I mean, after a while I was consciously thinking what else is in the fridge, you know? And uh, so I'm a writer and it's like, I would end up just having, you know, you focus best if there's only one thing running in my brain. <laughs> if I have two things running in my brain, it's split and, and it just takes twice as long to produce what I've you know, it was, it was awful. It was just basically like having a monkey on my back or a gorilla you know, on my back, constantly redirecting my attention, um, my money and everything. And yeah. it felt awful to be, I felt completely out of control. Always in the background for like 41 years or in the foreground, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah. And I know, and did you feel like as time went on, like, did it get worse? Did it get harder? It did. And I think probably just because the shame weight, the weight of shame is so heavy. It's probably the heaviest element in the universe. <laughs> and uh, it got to the point where it was just, I felt so ashamed and so hopeless that that, it made it worse. It was like, well, I'm ashamed anyway. I might as well just go do the thing, you know? And so then it was, you know, doubled, quadrupled, stacked. And it was, if I really felt like I was held hostage. Yeah, that's a really great, great way to put it. Um, it's like you're held hostage and then you're hijacked and you binge and then you're held hostage and you're hijacked. It's like, those aren't great things to go back and forth with. So this is my life. You know? This is yeah. not like anything else in my life. Why is this so out of whack? Yeah. And from and the outside looking that's in. The thing. I mean, people could see that I was overeating and binging, but yeah. it wasn't like people saw me eat most of the time. You know, I would... And it wasn't even like this conscious decision to wait till everybody was out of the house and go eat. It would, you know, like everybody's out. Hmm. And I would find myself in front of the cabinet eating and eating and eating. And then I would be like, what did, what did I even just eat? Like, I still don't feel satisfied. Why did I do that? Tomorrow I'll do better. Tomorrow I'll do better. Yeah. That endless game of tomorrow, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like from the outside looking in, like, did people know, could they tell how miserable you were? No, no. I was very good at hiding. <laughs> and, you know, I would have friends like, so some girlfriends, you know, if they're always dieting, we would have that conversation. Like, oh, gosh, yeah, well, I ate a whatever, you know. Oh, that's nothing. I ate this. It was almost like this competition for how bad we'd been. You know, we were, all the conversations, well, I was good today. I was bad today. <laughs> and so those friends probably had a clue, but most people, you know, I mean, I'm sure they could see the extra weight on me, but they had no idea the extent of this and nobody knew how much brain space it was all taking up. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really great thing to bring up because it's like, you know, so many women that I talk to, they say, nobody would know. 
nobody knows how unhappy I am. You know what I mean? So sometimes you think like, oh, that person has an eating disorder. Yeah, well, think of the five people that don't seem like they do at all. And they could as well. Like it's one of these things that it's just, it's so much mental energy to have this running in the background or in the foreground or taking so much from you. But did you find that it took even more energy to try to like seem okay all the time? Oh, yeah. You know, and then there was also the huge amount of energy, like with each new diet. You know, my family is like, what are we eating now? You know, like, yep. I try so hard to make it not impact them. But, you know, I would sit there eating my salad with no croutons and nothing on <laughs> lemon juice. Oh, you know? lemon juice and lettuce. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> you know, and, and then watching them eating what I made for them. And of course, you know, now I'm like, well, I'll eat that. Are oh, you not going to finish that? Well, it won't count. It came from somebody else's plate. I mean, all these games that we do right the mental gymnastics I think that was part of the problem you know the heft of the the whole weight was the mental gymnastics to try to like like with something oh wow well if I eat this with this and then that and then if I go to the gym for this long I can eat for free oh my goodness (laughs) all the race cakes I want (laughs) I can earn my breakfast you know it's just like Oh, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm remembering it. It's just like gross remembering it. It's just like, oh, it's so good to be free. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like lemon juice and lettuce for dinner and then 12 boxes of cookies for secret dessert. It's like, wait a minute. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh man. Anything else that you want to share about that side of the journey of like, just how you were feeling, sort of what your dark days were like, like, what were some some of the most painful things about being in this cycle for you, Susan? I think it's a it's a crazy thing, um, of course. <laughs> but I remember at one point actually wishing I could have anorexia instead, because I'm like, you know, as long as you don't let it go too far, people don't, you know, there's no shame in that. You're thin. You're doing it. You're you're winning. <laughs> at this, and so I go, all right. And I remember this as a kid doing this, like as a as a teenager. So I would vow, fine, I just won't eat at all because I can't control this. That's one way, you know, because you have to eat something. So I'll just do that. And it it wouldn't last more than about two hours. (laughs) And I remember thinking, looking back going, that's really sick. Like wanting to trade one disorder for another. That's, that's not a healthy move. And it, it, it just was so embarrassing to be that out of control. I mean, gluttony, whatever else, you know, people wanted to call it, it felt really unacceptable. And I, so I would look at the scale every morning that would determine, you know, how my day was going to go. You know, if it was not an acceptable number, I was going to double down. I was going to hit the gym no matter what, have the lettuce and lemon lunch (laughs) And it was just, I was getting angrier and angrier with it. Yeah. And how did that anger impact you, Susan? I, w- I would feel jealous of other people's food which, or other people's body. Like, so my, my fiance can eat anything he wants ever. You know, he's got this super fast, fiery metabolism and he would eat. And I would be like, well, that sucks. I want to eat everything I want to eat too. 
and I would do it and gain more weight and then I'd get angry and it was like, it's not his fault. <laughs> you know, like, what? And I could feel that coming dangerously close um, or friends that had the same thing. You know, I, I would find that I couldn't enjoy going out with people. I couldn't enjoy family dinners or get togethers or any special occasion because I was so obsessed with the food. I was missing out on anything else with it. And it really started to hurt. I didn't, you know, it wasn't acceptable anymore. I, I knew I couldn't continue that. I was either going to just have to give in and balloon up to 500, 600 pounds, or there was no other or. I, I, I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. And like you said, like that feeling of being stuck. It's like, well, do I want to have an eating disorder or do I want to be 600 pounds? It's like, when those are the choices. <laughs> Rock, hard place, misery. Exactly. It's like, it's always just like that miserable stuck place. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, just like the, the shame of it all and just how much it takes away. And man, Susan, I remember that feeling of just like, all I wanted to do is to be able to eat. Not even like eat junk food, like be able to eat a sweet potato. Like I just wanted so badly to be able to like eat food. And I would, yeah, that anger of just like, why can she eat food and I can't eat food? Like I would get so, so mad. And so, yeah, I, I feel ya. <laughs> I'd also end up mad with people who were trying to help. So I'd hire like at the gym, I hired a personal trainer and you know, this various times this happened and they'd be like, well, write down everything you're eating. And then I would hand it in, you know, the walk of shame. <laughs> Here it is. You know? <laughs> oh, well you ate a piece of bread. Shame on you. You should know better. And I'm like, after a while, I just felt really angry, <laughs> like, like they were depriving me somehow. It was, and then I felt angry that I felt angry. So it, yeah, just layers, right? Yes. <laughs> 41 years, like, yeah, that is, that is no fun. So for you, like, what was it that really was sort of the, the point for you where it wasn't okay to keep going how you were going? Like, what was it that motivated you to, I mean, reach out to me for the first time? Well, I saw your, your video, that introductory video, and yeah, yeah. I was like, I listened to it on a car ride, and I was I nearly pulled over, because I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, this is not anything like anything I've ever heard. Um, I had just reached the point, the last diet I was on was very expensive, it was these drops, it was total deprivation, like, there were days during the week where you had, like, 500 calories a day. And I felt like I was turning into a lunatic. I was, I was just so embarrassed that here was this crazy, increasingly crazy diets. And when you're living with somebody, they're seeing that. They're seeing you're not eating. And I was just like, this, I can't do it anymore. It was just the final straw. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm angry with this person who's trying to help me. And I, I can't continue like that. It, something has to go and I can't, I just can't continue with the dieting. So when I heard your, watched your first video or heard it, I wasn't able to watch because I was driving at the time, but I was like, what is this? <laughs> like she understands this, this whole deprivation last supper kind of mentality that I had been doing and the constant broken promises. And I was like, this is very interesting. And so you had made the offer, we could have a free one-on-one um, -on -one consultation. I thought, all right, there's nothing to lose by calling. Maybe I'll get some good tips. Um, you know, it, it certainly can't hurt. And I'm not mad at this person yet. So, because <laughs> Lydia hasn't told me yet. 
So that's good. We started from a place of no anger. That's <laughs> always a good start. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So it sounds like it was just this feeling of like I I can't do this anymore, and sort of like this new information of like oh, like is there another way? Right. There is there's another way between dieting the rest of my life or being 600 pounds. Like okay, like some middle yeah. ground somewhere. And then also, you know, you shared your story in that. So I was like, all right, this is not some stick thin 22 year old who thinks that she's the boss of my stomach. <laughs> that is not me. You are correct. <laughs> so I just felt like, all right, this is definitely worth at least having the call because, you know. I can probably learn something. This might just be the thing that saves me on it. Yeah. So beautiful. And I'm so happy that you, you made that step and that we got to connect. And, you know, when we, um, when Susan and I chatted, uh, she ended up qualifying for the program. We really got clear clarity about, you know, um, where she was right now in her journey. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm just so proud of you for, you know, taking that step to really be done with this. So, you know, when, when it was sort of like that point of decision where it's like, okay, it's, you know, like, are you going to fix this or not? And what are we going to do? Like, what sort of came up for you? Like, what were sort of the fears around, you know, starting our journey together? Well, to be honest, money, I was like, oh, all right, that's an investment, you know, and I mean, everything I had ever done up to that point costs something. So looking at kind of the tally on that, I'm like, this is a bargain compared to that for sure. And I started debating. I'm like, well, all right, let's say I do this and I fail. Like, well, I know that I failed at it. Like there was this, it was like high stakes kind of thing. I'm like, will I be honest with myself that I failed and I've wasted all my money? Or will I just kind of like brush it under the rug or blame Lydia somehow? <laughs> like, you know, like the crazy mind games we do. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be courageous. I know that I need help. I know that nothing that I've tried, and they're all the same thing, you know, when you look at it, deprivation. I know that was not working. And I know something has to change. And this is something different. And I know that if I pay for it, I will take it seriously. Like I could have watched, I know you have a ton of videos. I could have watched them till the cows came home. And I don't know that it would have impacted me because I would have, I would have always had this little question in the back of my mind, like, yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. But by paying, it was like, I had my skin in the game and it was a little scary to be honest. And the first couple of nights I was like, okay, you know, like, I'm really doing this. <laughs> but it, I, I'm glad, I'm so glad that it wasn't a free program because I wouldn't have taken it seriously. I would have walked right past it. And with yeah. this, it was like, I voted for myself. I, I put a stake in the ground and I said, I'm making this work. <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm, I'm just so glad that I did. And I, I honestly, I wasn't sure it would work because it sounded kind of simple. You know? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, the, the first thing I think I might have asked you, I'm like, I'm not tracking anything. <laughs> like, yes. perfectly clear here. No tracking. You know? And, and um, it was just, I was so nervous that without tracking, because everybody before was like, well, if you don't track it, it won't work, you know, and, there was nothing to track really. So I was, I was kind of nervous that somehow it wasn't going to work for me, even though you've helped so many other women and 
you know, I listened to all their testimonials, watched all these videos, but I'm like, yeah, but still doing it though. I it didn't take long to realize I didn't need to track the way that you do this. I love it. You're always like, um, you said something about you beat the binge using nothing but your brain. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. Like I didn't have to jump rope. I didn't have, I don't think I saw a lemon the whole time. <laughs> no, there was no tracking and it. It actually, it worked much faster. I think, you know, it's an eight week program and I thought, all right, all right, certainly by the end of eight weeks, I should probably have some progress. But really, you know, within just a few, I think I had really turned a major corner on that. And yeah, so let's talk about that. So, I mean, there's so many things you're great that you're bringing up here. So, I mean, like, how many weeks in the pro into the program would you say that you felt different or you saw yourself acting differently around food? And what was that for you? Oh, the first week. <laughs> Okay, so what happened in the first week? What was the for that first week? I'm um, just working on calling out the chatter that was in my brain uh, was huge because I hadn't realized how much weird stuff it was saying. It's like this crazy schizophrenic, mean voice one moment, nice voice the next. I'm like, if this were a human outside of me and it was bossing me around this way, I would be like, you're insane. Leave me alone. Yeah. So those, yeah. And those realizations that you had in the first week, like what changed for, like, did you start acting differently around food? Did you start feeling differently around food? What was sort of like the result of those things you were practicing? So before I had all these off limits foods. And so since he can eat everything, <laughs> he had this one little cabinet and he'd eat M&Ms and he'd leave it out on the countertop and I'd put it away. He's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, if I see it, I'll eat it. And I don't want to eat it. So I got to put it away. And after like, I'm like, I can eat anything I want as much as I want. Anytime I want. Huh? <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, maybe I'll have a few M&Ms. And all of a sudden it was kind of like, now that it wasn't off limits, it didn't really have so much power. <laughs> so it was crazy. So I, you know, there was interesting food in the house, not just lemon and lettuce anymore. I was able to enjoy cooking again because I wasn't like before when I would cook, I would eat before I cooked. So I wouldn't be too hungry to wait for dinner, which sounds crazy. <laughs> now it's like, even just from the first week, I could start cooking dinner and I can make it until dinner time and not be tortured the whole way through. It, just like all these little tiny changes where I could have food in the house. I could go, um, go for a drive you know, from one place to go see my kids. And I wouldn't be totally focused on, well, what's at this exit? Oh, I shouldn't be eating. Look how good I'm being. I, you know, none of that was there. So probably the biggest change was just the lack of obsession you know yeah. just getting your brain back that's so yes. cool so that was week one <laughs> so let's let's fast forward i mean like after you know completing the program what how do you feel now around food and what are some of your favorite pieces of like freedom like what does it really feel like now what's changed for you the biggest change is i can enjoy where i am and the people that i'm with rather than constantly secretly scheming how I'm going to go get some of whatever. Like this past weekend, we had a car show at the at my hubby's shop and um, you know, there's 
cans of brownies, we've got donuts out the wazoo, there's cupcakes, there's ice cream vendor and all. And before I would have been like, <laughs> you know, making the shifty eye look like, how am I going to get that? <laughs> you know, like, and this time, like I had a little bit, I enjoyed what I had, but mostly I just enjoyed the company of the people that I was with. That's like completely brand new. <laughs> um, you know, I have, my cupboards have stuff. I, I actually have leftover treats now. You know, it, it's like, it's crazy. I never had that. I mean, it would be the, every time that I'd go shopping, if I were going to buy treats, I'd have to buy new ones. Cause we, I was, we, huh, we meaning me <laughs> had eaten them all. <laughs> and now it's like, huh, cookies can go bad. What? Because <laughs> I'm just not, it's not an issue anymore. So I feel completely comfortable in the presence of food. I don't feel obsessed to like, how oh, am I going to get my mouth on that? It, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, completely comfortable in the presence of food. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how different is that from the past 41 years? It was unimaginable before. You know, you had talked some about that in your video and in some of the blogs and some of the things that you've shared. You're like, let's get you over your food crazies. Let's let's help you be comfortable around food. And I thought, if I can even just make it so I'm not acting in a way that I'm completely ashamed all the time, that would be a huge plus. To get beyond that, I almost didn't even think that was possible, but it is. And it, it was not hard. <laughs> you, know, you know, people, you, you talked about a bit about choosing your heart and so talking through the chatter and, and, and all that. And this was not hard at all compared to anything that I've tried to do before to fix this. This is nothing compared to that. Yeah, I love, I love that you bring that up. And it's so interesting, like, I mean, it's sort of like the, the style with how I do things is, I mean, it's, it's what I do, right? But I forget, like, how different it is between, like, the control and the anger and all of that, as opposed to, like, let's, let's just have fun. Let's just do this thing. Let's just practice this thing. And so, oh, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. And I love that, that you had that experience. So, I mean, just on this side of it, do you feel done, Susan? Do you feel like you're a binge eater anymore? Like, what is... What is your identity? Somebody else, you know? I don't know if that's weird, but it feels like there's like before, now there's now, you know? And it, even if somebody's offering me more food than what I want, I'm like, ew, no. Why would, you know? And then I have that second reaction of who are you? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's just, it's a whole different, I, I can't even, rem it almost feels like I can't remember what it was like to be in that unless I concentrate and I really recall but it feels like a fuzzy distant memory at this point and it, it hasn't been that long but it it just changed you know it's kind of like having sunglasses on and then you take them off and the whole world is a whole different color than what it was when you had glasses on it's like that yeah it was just your glasses it wasn't the world yeah and I love I love that you bring that up Susan because I think for a lot of women, you know, one fear that comes up is, well, how will I ever learn to be a normal eater? I've been doing this for 41 years. How will I ever learn this new thing that's totally not me? And what I think is like the perspective shift that a lot of people need to realize is we're not learning how to be a new person. We're just taking away the food crazies and then hey, look, this is who you've been the whole time. Your body knows how to eat. Your body's fine. Your body knows how to tell you when you're hungry and you're full. It's just like, we're just getting that other stuff out of the way. We're not inventing something new. 
we're just literally like taking the glasses off. It's almost like, you know, that optical illusion that if you look at it one way, it looks like a duck. And then, yeah, the other way, yeah. but it's like, when you first see it, you can't see it the other way. And then once you can see it both ways, you can't not see it both ways. It just yeah. feels like I'm me now. I'm not driven by some crazy, constantly hungry robot that's relentless, like the Terminator. <laughs> I had the Terminator in my brain <laughs> and it's gone. So I just feel like me and I eat what I like to eat. And I mean, it just seems like it's hard to even find words for how good it is because it just seems like, well, duh, this is, this is how you live. You eat when you're hungry, you know, you eat what you want to eat. You don't eat weird diet food that it really isn't food. <laughs> it just seems so natural now that it's hard to almost, it's almost hard or almost impossible to, to see why it was so hard before. <laughs> like it's yeah. so simple. You, I love, I'm totally going to use that, Susan. I love that example of just like the, you know, the optical illusion. Cause it's like, before you see it, you're trying so hard, right? It takes like effort to see it the other way. And the instant that you do, you yeah. can't unsee it. Right. And that's a really great description of sort of the process that we go through. It's just like, oh, now I see now. Oh, okay. I'm not a binge eater anymore. Okay. I can see how I used to feel, but now I don't have to be that way anymore. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Love and, that. And it's interesting too, because I was a little worried, like, all right, so this is an eight week program. What happens at the week nine? I'm dead. Oh my gosh. I'm going to lose money. You know, and, and at some point in the way you, you had talked about, like, once you learn how to ride a bike, if you run over gravel and wipe out on your bike, it's not that you forgot how to ride your bike. You just you know, adjust and go forward. You know what you know, and that can't be taken away. And I, that helped so much because I didn't even stress over that. <laughs> yeah, love it. That's beautiful. And just so happy for you, so proud of you, so excited for you. Um, what an amazing journey. I just love seeing you free and Oh, I just love it. So anything else that you just love on the side of it or anything else just sort of on your heart that you would want to say as you're sharing your story? I just want people to know there's hope. I mean, 41 years, come on. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> and if I had met Lydia, you know, 20 years ago, well, she would have been a baby, but. <laughs> That's nice of you to think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there's no reason to go through your entire life enslaved to something as simple as food. It, it's just silly. It doesn't have to be that hard. You know, there are, there are ways you can get over it. And it's not like a magic wand. I'm sure if Lydia had a magic wand and she could just wave it over everybody, that would work. But there is a little bit of quote work to do. But it's nothing compared to carrying around this huge weight of shame and guilt and fear and obsession. Um, you know, that's, it's a no contest. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like you can just, whoop, okay, I've, I've learned this. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go out there on my own and do this. Obviously, it hasn't worked. Whatever you've done before up till now hasn't worked, or you wouldn't be watching this. <laughs> and that's how I was too. And one more diet is not going to help things. And clamping down even further and torturing yourself more, it, it's not going to work. 
So when something doesn't work and we keep trying it over and over, maybe it's time to try something else. And I, that's what I did. I'm, I'm telling you, best gift I ever gave myself. Your happy birthday gift, your 50th birthday gift. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing who you are. And I'm just I'm so excited that the world gets the amazing woman that you are free now. Like the free version of you. Like you are, you are already awesome and now it's free you. And so now you can just go and live life and do what you want to and share your gifts and write and, you know, have passion and be present with people. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So it is. It is. thank you. Because you know, if you hadn't been bold enough to go and, and create a coaching business like this, you know, I wouldn't have that. So I, I appreciate it. Hey. I love it. I love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing. And, and thank you for being another one of those amazing people going out into the world as a free person. Um, and just enjoying life. freedom. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys. Hey, Susan, thank you for being on sharing the amazing woman that you are. And this is Susan and Lydia, the lifestyle coach signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session, where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!